For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. Welcome back. We're getting heading into week three. We just finished the game against the L.A. Rams and... Oh, man. Uh, honestly, I watched that game over and over and over, and I just I, I can't get a lot of things out of my mind. I I, I walk mm-hmm. out of that thinking Carson Wentz looked like Superman in that game and was right. just let down for the second second week in a row. What was your thoughts on this game? Yeah, that, I mean, if you have two eyeballs, we can all agree what you just said because it seemed like Carson Wentz seemed like the O-line really didn't play with that sense of urgency that we thought they would play, knowing that they got their quarterback hit often. Carson Wentz was running around for his dear life, but he did find some rhythm at some point. But then, again, it's just unfortunate that the guy can't catch a break. He's been hit so often that now he's dealing with two bum ankles. And this is not a good time for this offense or this team moving forward, starting 0-2. I don't know if you're in the percentages, but I'm not. But this one percentage that stands out to me is when a team goes 0-2, the likelihood of you making the playoffs is twelve less than 12%. You have a twelve percent less than 12% chance of making the playoffs. So this concerns me moving forward. Well, the good thing is, is uh, it looks like the offensive line is getting healthier slowly. Eric Fisher did play uh, mm-hmm. over half the snaps. And when he was in, the left side of the line looked good. You know, right, he all right. the pressure was coming from that right side where where Davenport uh, was at, where you know the guy who played left tackle week one, where all the pressure right. came from. Another good thing is, as the season moves on, the games should get easier if you look at the schedule in that way, right? Sure. I mean, the first sure. five games, pretty darn tough. Some solid, solid players. Uh, right. Week four, we might catch a break, considering you know Tua just he's also injured and you know we may not be seeing Tua at that point it'll Mm -hmm. be against a former player Brissett um right and then after after week five the schedule gets really you know a a lot less tough yeah yeah I mean you have the Ravens coming up and I get it Texans 49ers Jets I get but you know again this team ah I mean listen I I watched Quentin Nelson a lot this past game to see how he would fare up match up against Aaron Donald, one of the greatest, you know, interior interior defense alignment to play this game. And I thought he did a, as well as job as anyone could do. Uh, with that being said, he's, you know, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, you can only, you can only, uh, <laughs> you can't stop the blow. Let's say that the guy's disruptive on every single play. And you know what play that stands out to me when, you know, obviously, the offense were able to move the ball down the field, and unfortunately, they weren't able to come up with points in the red zone. That was huge. Mm-hmm. The second one was the the decision making of Carson Wentz down in the red zone. He throws the shuffle pass, and who else, none other than Aaron Donald, was the guy who caused that confusion. And it's just like, man, we cannot catch a break at this point. And say what you want. The L.A. Rams is a really good football team, despite all the injury setbacks and the the rest Carson Wentz was playing under. They still had a chance towards the end, if not, you know, if Carson Wentz is healthy and, you know, not playing on two bum ankles. Exactly. I mean, Carson just, you know, on that drive, the, the, the drive that, you know, the very last play that he had got him into position to tie the ball game. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. After watching that game, and I, um, I'm sure you watched the the full game part mm-hmm. where you know they're they're showing him on the sideline. They're, he's walking around, testing his ankles. You know, you see him shaking his head while he's walking around, but he's avoiding people, uh, walking around people on the sideline. And there's people out there 
um, ex-professionals, guys like Keyshawn Johnson, okay, uh, yes. out there talking about how if you could walk, you can play, right? And mm. he, he's, he was calling him soft, saying that he mm. should have been out there playing playing quarterback, even if it was just a rolled ankle. He's, you know, talking about, well, Derek Carr was out there with a rolled ankle and he was playing. And he's you the know, biggest I'm, fan of Derek Carr right now. I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I get it. Keyshawn is very high on Keyshawn or Keyshawn Johnson is very high on Derek Carr. And I heard him spew this madness that he's a top five quarterback right now. Listen, in two weeks, Derek Carr, he's playing better than, you know, expected for, you know, obvious reasons. But you mentioned Keyshawn questioning the toughness of Carson Wentz. That's absurd. It, listen, there's not many guys that can stand behind a pocket this uh, year after year in Philly and be under duress like this guy is, has been and still able to make throws. He got hit like no other last week, and he was still able to complete one of the longest completions of the year after Aaron Donald or whoever it was in his face knocked him down as he mm -hmm. threw the ball. So he's one of the toughest quarterbacks, one of the toughest players that I've seen. Now, I don't know what Keyshawn was getting at challenging or questioning the toughness of Carson Wentz. That's absurd. That is absurd. The guy was hobbled. And if you're a quarterback, you need your ankles. You need to be able to plant. And, and, and listen, we don't need for as athletic as Carson Wentz is behind the problems and the issues the O-line has had. We, he doesn't need to be hobbled. We're, we're just asking for more trouble. We're asking him not to be available for the future. And as you talked about, the, the season kind of lets up at some point, and we need to win the games that we're supposed to win. Absolutely. I I used to play sports, as a lot of people have, and I, I played multiple sports. I, I love basketball, football, baseball, all that stuff. And uh, I rolled my ankle twice in like a couple days. The first time uh, I planted – rolled my ankle. They said, okay, you need to stay off of it for a couple weeks. And I was like, uh, I can't, I got a, I got a basketball <laughs> game coming up. And then I go play basketball, go up for a rebound, come down on another dude's foot on that ankle. Right. And they, they, the bleachers could hear the pop and I, high ankle sprains are nothing, nothing to, um, you know, sneeze yeah. at. Right. Right. Because, I think they're worse. I think they're worse than the wreck, the traditional mm -hmm. ankle sprain, the low ankle sprain. Exactly. See, I, I had that high ankle sprain. And the second time it bruised black and blue all the way up halfway up my calf. Right. And I had mm. to go see a, a specialist on it. And the specialist said, now you're off your foot for six weeks. And if because if you do it again, you could be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life, you right. know, and right. I'm like, over a spring <laughs> and he's like seriously you know they yeah. did the mris yeah. and everything and they were like right. you ripped all those ligaments you know there's nothing yeah. holding it together right now so yeah. you know i'm i'm out there and so i understand mm -hmm. it's not just the pain you gotta think about your future as well you know yes. he, he walked he could have that sucker taped up you could tape take a shoe off tape it up put mm -hmm. the shoe back on tape that up on top of it go out there play still on a high ankle you could still roll it even with right. it's taped up and right. then and then you're you're injured for a long period yeah and the high ankle sprain is so tricky i agree with everything you just said the high ankle sprain is so tricky because it could feel good one moment mm -hmm. and then one quick twitch of a movement and it's right back to square one and mm -hmm. this team doesn't need that this team like as you mentioned we need to focus on the future and the health of carson wentz and if we can, you know, we don't know if he's going to be available moving forward. Uh, my honest opinion is I highly doubt it. I highly doubt that man plays a game uh, this this upcoming weekend because two bum ankles. I've never experienced that ever, Lawrence. Not two, not two at the same mm -mm. time. So if it's high ankle sprain, low ankle sprain is all of them. They're tough to deal with. And you have to rest is the only option for you to get better. That's it. And unfortunately, he may not be available for us moving forward. Well, you talked about it. Um, and they, they're they going through the MRIs. We'll probably hear something about it probably tomorrow. Um, well, today when I upload this. because we're, I'll be we're surprised. I'll be surprised if he plays. And he's a tough guy, but it's a balance of being tough and being smart. Mm -hmm. Take care of your body. Yeah. So moving on uh to this sunday's game against the tennessee titans 
And Derrick Henry, who had himself a second half, I'll tell you what, I watched that game. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, 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 and not not to mention, Ryan Tannehill is playing some of the best football any quarterback can play right now. Uh, how – I mean, we just got done with the Rams, mm-hmm. and we, we were talking about how good the Rams are. The, the, the Titans, week one, did not look that good. Week two, look – they destroyed the team that destroyed the Colts week one. Right, right, right. right. So they're walking, uh, yeah, they're, they're, listen, they're walking into next week with a lot of confidence. They beat a really good football team, a really playoff caliber football team. I, I guess I must have un- underestimated the, the, the D-line from the Tennessee Titans, but they had Russell Wilson, you know, moving off the spot and and really caused some some uh some havoc behind the line of scrimmage. But you mentioned Chris Chris Henry. I mean or Derrick Henry rather. He got going the second half. Like there was nothing that defense can do. And it scares me because our defense, you know, we gave up just shy of a hundred yards with a load like Derrick Henry for four, I believe he had 35 carries, 35 or some odd carries. That's a heavy dose of Henry. And you know, when the running game is working, you know, Ryan Tannehill, it's allowed him to to make the throws easy, you, you know, one step throw or one read throws. And uh, so I'm not going to lie uh, with a hobble, potentially hobbled quarterback. Uh, we don't know whether or not he's going to play or not. We know this about the Tennessee Titans. They're going to run the football. They're going to be committed to running the football and they're going to try. And Ryan Tannehill is going to play not to screw it up. And that's a formula that's worked for them in the past. See, a lot of people know that the uh, the, the Titans on defense, you know, they, they know that they they have Danico Autry because, you know, ex-Colt. Uh, mm-hmm. They heard about them signing Bud Dupree. And we all know about Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry. They've been there for a while. The guy that scares me the most is the guy who really pushed, had a highlight pushing uh, Quentin Nelson. Uh, I think it was his rookie year. I mean, pushed him back bad. Jeffrey Simmons is a defensive mm. tackle you do not want to take lightly. <laughs> right, right. You know, they, they've always traditionally always had a front set. You know, Jarrell Casey was a guy who was there mm-hmm. for many years. He caused havoc. He was like a bigger version of Aaron Donald. So they've always found a way to to find these guys, find these gems to, to, to be able to play the D-line position the way it's supposed to be played, the way you want it to be played. But I'm also – I'm worried about the back end of our defense. and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got guys like Julio Jones that just, you know, that he he had a breakout year or breakout game last last week. Uh, what do you have over one hundred and twenty eight yards receiving on six receptions? You know, you got your A.J. Uh, Brown over there. So, man, th- this team is structured to ground and pound you and be able to throw the ball up to two big, tall receivers. And it's scary. And they also not only can hurt you in the, the passing game, but the running game as well. They're big bodies. We have little guys on that back end. So I, this this game concerns me a lot. I know it's a division game. I know both of these teams are very familiar with one another. But this team frightens me. They really do. Yeah, they, they, they do. They very much do, especially when you're looking at um... – you know, guys that, that have injuries on the defensive side, right? You know, we we may end up uh, three games in a row without our number one corner in Xavier Rhodes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Darius Leonard's still out there with that hobbled ankle, right? Um, yeah, there, yeah. There's all sorts of problems that, that we're dealing with. I mean, look what Cooper Cup did against the Colts yes. last week. My goodness, yes. it – yeah, we we have our we have our hands full. But the only thing that that keeps me optimistic is the fact that Tennessee last year, I believe they had twelve turnovers. Right, you know, the second fewest in the NFL now. In two games, they have almost half of that total. So they 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 are giving the ball up a little bit. That's our that's our hope. <laughs> that's our hope. We we have to be able to to, to change the math and, and create some turnovers and get back on track to this forty plus turnover season. So. Uh, it, this game is – it can go either way. Obviously, it depends on, you know, if, you know, a quarterback is healthy, can he play, can he not play, and that changes to what you do offensively, and it also changes how you want to play defensively. I think from looking at last week's game, I know Matt Eberflus isn't a guy that likes to send a lot of pressure, but we're not getting – we're not getting guys home. We're not getting sacks. I know we're getting pressure. It's just as good as, 
you know, uh, you know, it dis- it's disruptive. But we need guys to 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 bring the quarterback down, change the math, start the opposing offense from, you know, get them off track, get them off schedule. And we're not we're not doing that right now. I know it's early. Uh, it's only the second week. But, you know, we need, you know, Kawhi paid. We need him to step up. We got He's shown flashes. But, you know, if you're going to be a different we need we're looking for difference makers. And when you get drafted as high as he did, you, you need to be a difference maker on that field. Yeah, Quiddy Pay was talking earlier um, after the game, talking about, you know, he's went up against two veteran left tackles and and why, you know, it's so difficult for him. And and he said that it's it's difficult for him because he's a rookie and he, he don't have much of a changeup. And these guys are really good at, at handling uh, his initial moves. Right. And right. he said what, what that helped him in, was to more focus on the the run defense, you know, rather than 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 focusing so much on the pass defense. But to your point, we need him to be a pass that that pass rush guy. Right. We, we, right? We, they didn't draft you to stop the run. Hell, man, you can stop the run. We put on pass big enough. You know, we can do that. We need you to change the math. We need you to be a difference maker. Have you heard of a guy named Robert Mathis? Have you heard of a guy named Dwight Freeney? Those guys changed the math when they played for the Indianapolis Colts. They're looking for you to do the same, brother. I, I know he's young. Uh, I know it's take it's going to take some time. But if I were in that locker room, Lawrence, and, and if I heard that press conference, and if I heard Quiddy Page speak like that, I would tell him, listen, every from here on out, for the duration of this season, every left tackle, every tackle, most of the interior offensive linemen are going to have more experience than you. And you need to – you can't beat – most guys in the NFL with one move, you have to have multiple moves. You have to have counter moves. You know, you watch a guy on the other side. You watch a guy like Aaron Donald. The guy I watched him, I forget who had a, a they, they highlighted the matchups between Quentin Nelson and Aaron Donald. And the guy has multiple moves, a multitude of moves. And he's able to, he does it so much. His, his hand movement and hand placement is so elite you know, he, he just dominates you in that area. So I know he's I know he's young. He has a lot to learn. Hopefully, if uh, my buddy Robert Mathis is out here, because he does train some guys, I would love for him to get with Kawhi Pay. Yeah, uh, if he thinks he's had problems with a couple uh, veteran guys, he's going up against Taylor Lewan, mm-hmm. and that is uh, he's 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 easily a he's top legit. ten left tackle out there. Right, he's legit. And yep. you know, you know what? He's in your con- he's in your division, and I think this is a this is a learning curve for him. You need to know, especially know the guys that are within your conference, and watch how they get beat. And it's a copycat league. I know you've heard that saying a long. It's a copycat league, and it's no different than how a guy gets beat off a route, how a guy gets beat on a sack. Um, so you know, he's got a lot to learn in that area. But I I, I do like the, his hustle. I do like his energy that, that he plays with. I do like all of that. He made some um, really good plays last last week. But, you know, this this team has to get healthy, man. This is not the way to start a season off. You have to get healthy because you have a long way to go. And, uh, you know, if they're going to have any chance of winning this game, you know, you got to play mistake-free football. You're going to have to. And you got to – every the, the defensive unit has to take a take a step up. You know, I don't, I don't expect teams to come out – units to come out and be dominant from the beginning – but just show flashes. And to me, it seems like, you know, they've been absorbing the blow as opposed to being the initiator on defense rather And this team. I want them to find their identity. And you and it starts by beating a, a, a very uh, good opponent. And it could start this week if, if all things are. The football guys bless this this uh, organization, but they, they have their work cut out for sure. Um, So coming into this game. Obviously, you don't want Derrick Henry carrying the ball 35 times. If he does, most likely no. that is that is a loss. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you believe in run blitzing? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt about it. That That's when – so on first and second down, that's typically where if a blitz is going to be called the in- interior linebackers. That's your moment. And it just changes the math. It just, you know, forces a guy like Derrick Henry to, you know, with a guy that big, you want him to stop and start right away. If he gets a full head of steam and he turns the corner, 
Um, there's not many defensive backs that can stop his stop him in his tracks. He's got a great stiff arm. He's a big guy. He's harder to bring down. So what that does, it allows, you know, obviously you, you know, it takes the the responsibility off the blitz and linebacker. Now you get to blitz a gap, play downhill, try to force uh, Derrick Henry to change, you know, uh, go north, uh, uh, go east and west as opposed to north and south. So I'm a, I'm a big component of that. And I haven't seen much of that uh, from the Colts. And hopefully if Tennessee wants to get in this 12, 13 personnel and run, you know, stretch plays or down and around plays, that could change the math. And you're going to have to do it. You know, these guys from safeties to corners, everyone has to get involved to stop a guy like Derrick Henry. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, in, in order to stop uh, a guy like him from having 35 carries, you got to get off the field. You you got to see a, a, a few three and outs. You can't you can't let him forcing a punt is one thing, but you could force a punt after giving up, you know, seven plays. Right. right. And those seven plays impact your defense when those are Derrick Henry runs second yeah. half. You see that a lot. Uh, you know, over and over and over, you get to the second half. Next thing you know, you, you're questioning. You're you're making those business decisions in the fourth quarter, right? <laughs> right, right. And, it, and for it, every guy wants to be able to let's stop the run early, so they so Tennessee would abandon it and put the ball and put the game on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill. That's everyone's recipe for you know to win the game, but obviously it doesn't always play out that way. You know, you know, either through injuries or turnovers or what have you. So uh, a guy like that, I've been a part of a ton of games where when I was with the Browns playing against the Steelers, they were committed to running the football. And when a team is committed to running the football, you know, you better eat an extra couple meals that week, add a couple more pounds because you're going to need all the the impact, all the body that you can bring for a guy like Derrick Henry. Because it, our backers, you know, Darius Leonard is made to run sideline to sideline. His body type isn't that built for that old school ground and power run game. Though he is tough enough and he can get it done, that's just not the way this team is built, and that's not playing into their strengths. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move over to the offense a little bit because uh, we, we've we've discussed you know worrying Wentz. You don't expect him to play, so yeah, I don't expect him. You're moving over to to Jacob Eason, who mm-hmm. you know was a I think fourth round pick two years ago. And yes. uh, to be fair, yes, he did not look at all good uh, during that <laughs> small period of time that he played last week uh, to end the game. But um, honestly, as Frank Reich said, you couldn't have threw a quarterback in a worse situation, right? right There's just right. no way. I mean. You, all right, so you you got to get three points, and it's the first time that you've touched a ball during a game ever, and you've got two <laughs> right. minutes two minutes to do it in. Uh, kind of <laughs> right. difficult. Um, yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, so, with a guy like him, who we know likes to stand in the pocket, stand tall, deliver the ball, what's the best way that the offense? not only as, as a team, but as a coach, a head, uh, a play caller, do you believe mm-hmm. would be the best way to help him uh, perform at his best? A lot of intermediate routes. You have to cut his drops from the five, seven stop, seven step drops. The guy that likes to stand in the pocket, as you alluded to, mm-hmm. you have to change your way of thinking. You have to get the ball out of his hands, uh, whether it be quick slants, or the quick game, the quick mm-hmm. game. You know, I, I mentioned it last week. You have to change the, the pace of the game. Let's see some no huddle. I didn't see much of no huddle in last week's game, if not any. I think you have to throw Tennessee off off their guard. You know, hurry ups, quick intermediate routes, which create some picks and lanes for for guys to be open. And obviously, you have to be committed to playing a boring football game, and that is running the football, staying committed to running it. But at the very least, you're eating up time of possession and you're giving the opposing team and Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill less opportunities um, so you can lessen the blow. So for me, obviously, the quick answer is intermediate routes. Uh, Obviously, you want to take shots when they're there, but you take care of the football. You run the football. uh, You get the ball out of your hands. And you know what? You live and die. You you have to live with the punts, you know, Um, and. Over to, you know, if you stay committed to that, obviously you throw in some wrinkles here and there. I would use all my gadget guys that I have on the offense, who are my reverse guys. 
if you want to trick play, if all the trick plays that you've practiced in training camp, uh, you you have one in your back pocket. You know, you want to get over this. You want to if if Carson Wentz isn't available to play, you have to do whatever you can. Bring out all the tricks you can to to keep Tennessee's defense just kind of, um, you know, off rhythm, uh, if you if you will. So that that will be my plan for sure. Excellent. My issue right now is who is Jacob Easton going to target when he does have to throw the football, when when the running game doesn't uh, – uh, if it doesn't step up, if Jonathan Taylor is still averaging less than four yards a carry, um, who who's he going to go to? Michael Pittman Jr. had a big game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had – Oh my goodness. I think what, uh, go to the stats here. Eight catches, 123 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but big, big game for Michael Pittman jr. And Zach Pascal holds every receiving touchdown right now through the first two weeks. He's got all three touchdowns. Um, so what do you think Tennessee is going to do? Tennessee sees that same stat. They're going to, you know, not bracket him. He does. He's not, he's, he's, not at that level, but you you your focal point needs to be towards him, especially in the red zone when you get uh, when you're backed up. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be. I, I mean, I would also add this. I didn't mean to cut you off. I would add, you know, the RPO game. You know, you mentioned to rebuttal what you just said. You know, run some RPO, even though everyone knows Jacob Eason is not throwing the football. It allows him to only have to have basic reads. If the running game is working, if you're running from shotgun, you know, run the RPO where you have a you know, as you, you read the end man on the line, if he doesn't dive down, you pull it, you throw the quick slant behind him. So, you know, some easy throws, something that he's accustomed, that he's run efficiently with the first team, whether it be through training camp, mini camp, OTAs and all. So you, they have to have a set amount of plays that he feels comfortable running because as the game unfolds, we know, you know, that game plan gets ripped up. And now you're basically calling the game to win the game. So he has to be ready to play. He is a pro. He has to be ready to play the game. And he has to be ready for anything that Frank Wright and that offense throws at him. Play calling. I want to get into a little bit about that. Um, Red zone. The Colts have to be so much better in the red zone um, than what we've seen. Uh, You you run the ball three times and then – you know, you get sacked on the on on the fourth uh, fourth down. Frank Reich stated that he thought about on the very first first and goal at the one at the inches line of running a quarterback sneak rather than a run. Um, hmm. honestly, you don't see that very often from the Colts. You know, you you no. you, you, you you especially down at the goal line that might have actually caught them off guard a little bit. It would have. You have to be able to, so you know who major in doing that? I've been a part of, I've been on the, the bad side of things is, is Tom Brady when he was with the Patriots. If they had a big game, they had already practiced it and rehearsed it many a times. You have a big game. If you end up on a one-inch line, you hurry everyone up. And you just call a sneak because guess what? The defense, they're looking to get calls. They're subbing you know, getting the per- personnel, goal line personnel, because you were probably in sub defense. It works every time. Now, if you do that, I agree with it. If you just say you're just going to run a quarterback sneak in front of, you know, last week, Aaron Donald and company, I don't think that was the best, you know, with your quarterback already being exposed and hit and and beat up. I don't think that was a, that would have been the wise move, but you know, such is life. <laughs> So, so what you're saying is, in situations like that, they need to practice this through the week. Oh yeah, and, oh, and yeah. be prepared for it. So I've always, I've, yeah. I've always admired. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just saying, you know, in, in, instead of huddling to do it, you know, uh, the coach just yells, you know, whatever code it is for that, go, 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 or whatnot, you know, well, and you then he knows. The to, yeah, yeah, give it to the quarterback. The quarterback, is, you know, he knows where the ball is on, you know, down the distance if it's on the one. You practice with those guys. Hell, I did it in high school. <laughs> I played quarterback in high school. And if we had a, you know, a second and nine, hell, everyone knew, get on the ball. You know, who, who's ever on the ball, get on the ball. And I would, you know, it was a, a, a quarterback center exchange. It's something that if you go back to some of those earlier Patriots days when Tom Brady was there, he did a lot of it. And it didn't have to be in goal line. It was third and short 
or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you need one yard. It's a very difficult play to, to defend because you're going to get the benefit of the doubt on the goal line because you have two, you know, umpires on the side here. So and then you're able to, you know, offensive linemen are able to push the, the, the pile a bit. So it, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, it, it was just a it was a bad outing from the offensive um you know, output for running the ball three times and then giving up a sack on fourth down. You you don't have any points. You give up points, you know, so they have to find a way to fix that because the, the scoring de- or offense is not you, – you're not going to win many football games when you can't score f- from five yards out, you know. It, it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what are your thoughts on using trick plays uh, down inside the five-yard line as well like that – like the shuffle pass that that everybody it's knows. A great, it's a great play. It, that play, I've been burned on that play every time it's been run against me. It works. I just think it was a bad decision by Carson Wentz. He didn't see the field. He threw through an area, which it was a blind throw. It was a blind throw. And if you're him, you know you just you just throw it to the ground. You know, live to see another day, as opposed to just flipping it out there. Have a guy that's supposed to be that has to step up. When you're down, you know, 0 and 1, you know, and and he just added to the misery that the Colts are living through right now. And it's going to take guys like Darius Leonard, guys like, um, you know, uh, Kwiti Pay, guys that are unexpected to really step up right now, because right now, you know, that locker room is feeling bad. I could tell you, I, 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 it's like I'm reliving it all over again from my days in, in with the, um, with the Browns. When, when you're 0-2 in the NFL locker room, the day is shitty. Like, every day is shitty. You know, you haven't won a game since last year. And you put in all these man hours and energy, watching film, getting massaged, and doing all these things to get your body prepared to play, and you have no results. The fans want to see it. The players want to want to get a win. The coaches want to uh, live through it. So – yeah, they have a lot of things to correct that uh that 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 have me to uh, hit the, the the caution button. So, as of the recording right now, um, there there is an issue that I do want to bring up that I'm a little eh, uh, upset with. I would say now I think that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are very generally open people. You know, and and mm-hmm. and and we'll discuss things that I just didn't expect. Like he was asked in a press conference what he thought uh, mm-hmm. Jacob Eason has improved the most, and he got very detailed in saying, you right. know, he's diagnosing, you know, blitz packages and and coverages and stuff like that, and getting people uh, in, in the position to to make plays a whole right. lot better than than what he was three weeks ago, that kind of stuff, which surprised me because I felt like that's too much information to share to media. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been a week and a half and we still don't know what Braden Smith's actual injury is. And he was specifically mm-hmm. asked about it. And he says, I ain't telling you. Right. Right. You know, and uh, that makes me wonder. Week and a half in, they got to know something, right? Yeah, they know. They definitely know. They definitely know. They just – they don't want to that, – that's the biggest no-no in an NFL locker room. We don't talk about each other's injuries. And whether you're the GM, the the head coach, or whoever is asked that question within that building, you do not talk about injuries. But this is a little odd. This is a little strange. You know, a week – over a week's time, though, I know those guys in that training room. They, they work – tirelessly tirelessly and they, they're really good at what they do and the fact that they don't want to tell us probably makes me believe you know here's the thing if i'm playing against a Braden smith and i know what your injury is now i played a game i played the game with a gentleman's respect there's a great likelihood that you know if if i'm a guy that plays d-line if if you're injured it's a likelihood that i'm going to make sure i tap that that area where you're 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 that's bothering you so I didn't see the press conference. I don't know how he handled it, what his tone was, but I can I understand why he's being kind of uh, secretive, secretive about it, uh, because you don't want to put your your player out there on the limb. It's like, OK, hey, I have a, if I'm a quarterback or running back, hey, my hands are screwed up. So as a linebacker, I'm walking back to the huddle 
after a play and I see your finger, I may step on it or two. You know, it's like you want to avoid all of that. that or, or, or or punch at it when you're trying yeah, to tackle yeah. and so, stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, I get the theory of it, but you're right. For him to go so in detail about Jacob Eason and then kind of backtrack when you talk about someone's injury, I see both sides of it. Well, it's like the Carson Wentz thing. Uh, as soon as, uh, you know, over the weekend, it was a lot of speculation uh, when it when it happened. And then they came out and they straight up, it's a bone. It's in a spot, right. blah, blah, blah. They oh. got very detailed about it. And then next thing yeah. you know, you know, Braden Smith has a foot injury and it's a week and a half in and they're they're just, we're not telling you what the injury is, you know, or right. a timeline or anything, you know, and it's, it's got me worried. It's making me think that Braden might be a lot more hurt than what they might be giving on. Sure, sure. And that probably would explain, you know, the, the play of recent. You know, his play hasn't been up to par as we would hope. But I remember a guy that wore the number 12 and he mm-hmm. played quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And he was in the training room a lot. And his name was Andrew Love. And when I tell you I was in the training room as much as anyone else, just prehabbing, and taking care of my body, that guy was in there twice as much as I was. And I never knew why he was in the training room. He didn't talk about it. The trainers didn't talk about it. It was the most taboo issue ever, you know, and and you appreciate that as a player. But, uh, yeah, the, the Colts, they don't play about, you know, uh, they don't want to give anyone. They For the front office, as, you, as well as you know, they look at it as – giving the opponent the, an, an advantage and they want to avoid any conversation about potentially giving the opponent the advantage. So uh, it's an old tactic that, you know, that still lives throughout the national football league to this day. All right. Well, I'm a little bit easier on that now, you know, that you're explaining mm-hmm. that, you know, you just don't want to give, well, these are press conferences and yes, he's telling it to Colts people, but it's going to be out there, and everybody's right. going to see it, right? Oh, I would, I would watch it as a player. You know, I would yeah. watch uh, when I was playing. I would watch coaches, you know, talk about it, look at the injury reports to see who I was playing, you know, to see if anyone had a nagging injury because players hate to be on the injury list because now the whole world knows, now your opponent knows, and you know, once you're hobbled, you know, we all know it's playing the game. When you're hobbled, that just doesn't go away. You play a contact sport. You're going to deal with that for the entire season. So uh, it, there is something to it. But as a player, I, I can I can understand why they, they chose to go that route. All Former right. Player, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, player still. Uh, I know you're not playing right now, but you were a player and you were good at, at your job. So uh, this is, you know information you're giving us is is absolutely fantastic because uh it helps me see inside of of what it's like to be a player i got a question you was talking about uh you know teams not wanting to give out information players not wanting to give out information about injuries how often and i know this is probably an incredibly taboo question so if you can't answer it that's fine how often do players actually have injuries and don't make the list? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of times it depends on – this. that's a really good uh, question because there's like two parts to that question. One, guys don't want to be on the injury list because depending on where you are from a contract standpoint, you don't want to end up – when you go to contract negotiations and the team is trying to negotiate on their behalf and – Obviously, the, the the player's representation is trying to negotiate on their behalf. Now it becomes down: is this player available for us? Is this player always in the, the in the tub? Is he always in the training room? So guys want to steer away from that, even if they are injured. And when guys are in the the training room, that means there's something seriously wrong. Because every guy that I've ever played with, you want to avoid it. Uh, the other part to that is, frankly, this may be a little like shallow, but you don't want to wake up in the fucking morning. You know, like if you're on the injury report, that means you have to wake up. You have to be at, at the training room at six in the morning. So wherever you live, you're getting up at four thirty five and guys just don't want to do it. You much rather be injured and deal with it your way. than get up early in the morning and take away an hour of sleep. So there's so many different factors that, that, that uh, goes into that. And if a guy, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> 
guys avoided it at all costs. I, I avoided it at all costs. If if the trainer saw me, they knew, okay, I've done whatever I could for my body, and it's their turn. It's like I've dealt with it for a few weeks. And I remember um, with the Colts, I had a deep thigh bruise, Lawrence. And when I tell you, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. This thigh bruise, you know, I played a linebacker. I'm position. I'm always falling and tackling people to the mm-hmm. ground. And it just it just would not go away to the point I wouldn't practice all week. I would only practice on a Friday. And that was maybe 10 to 15 plays. And I remember the trainer that's currently there. I played a game against Jacksonville and he looked at me. They had to shoot me up before the game. Like I could barely bend my leg. It was that just agonizing. Played the game and I remember him coming to me. He was like, how the hell did you do this? Like, how the hell did you play this game? But he didn't know based on my contract, I needed to be available. I needed to play the game in order to get all the money that was, you know, mm-hmm. that I had signed up for. <clears throat> so that that is the reason. <laughs> that is the reason I kept playing, you know. Um, but, yeah, that that's definitely uh, – that was definitely a great question that a lot of former former guys would talk about it. Got current yeah. guys, they, not so much. Not so much. That's why I was wondering if it was a kind of a, a taboo question even for you because – you know, players and, and, and teams today, they might not want that talked about, period. You know, so I didn't know if it was something I should ask you or right. shouldn't ask you. Right. So that's why I was giving you that well, option. You can, ask, you can ask me anything. You can ask me anything because I, I, I took care of all the trainers that I've ever worked with from the Colts to the Browns. They knew I was 10 steps ahead. I had done all the prehab stuff to avoid – you know, any lingering injuries or, or, or bruises or what have you. But, uh, yeah, I'm confident to, to, to speak on that. But a lot of guys won't, unfortunately. Well, I think it's about that time, about 42 minutes in. I appreciate yeah. everybody who is watching this um, or listening on the podcast. Please don't forget to share it, smash the like button, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and download – definitely make the downloads uh, uh really helps out a lot um let's get into predictions for the game okay it's a little bit okay. dif- little bit difficult right now being that we're recording a day earlier than normal or uh, mm-hmm. well actually two days earlier than normal two days uh, early, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> so we don't we haven't even seen an injury report yet speaking of but we we, we do know you know, who was hurt the last game and, and, and all that stuff. And um, to me, I, I feel like the offensive line is getting better. It didn't look like it too much, but that's a much different defense front seven with the, the, the Rams than what it was with the Seahawks in week one. I feel like sure. that left side played a whole lot better, especially even when Aaron Donald was on that side than what they did the previous week. Um, the thing that scares me is if I'm going to go with Jacob Easton starting, uh, or even a hobbled Wentz, because a hobbled Wentz is going to have issues, right? He's not going to yeah. be able to do the things that, that we saw. He ducked three sacks on one <laughs> right. play. All right. <laughs> right. How in the world you're not going to get, he's not going to be able to do it like that, uh, right. on two hobbled ankles. And Easton's not right. going to be doing that at all. And you, and you better believe Tennessee's defense is going to turn up the pressure on him if Carson Wentz is available and hobbled. Yeah. Um, now the defense will probably come out and they'll probably play hard, especially against the run. I really do feel that way. Um, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to break 150, he may break 100. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm probably figuring 110 to 120 is what I'm thinking he'll probably get because that seems like what he averages, right? Uh, right. <laughs> right. Um it, it, you could slow him down, but you're not gonna stop him, much in the same way of Aaron Donald. You could slow him down by right. making sure you got bodies on him, but right. he's going to make an impact. He's gonna have an impact, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I feel like the Colts could have issues scoring in this game due to the quarterback situation. I think we're um, going to agree on this one. I, I think we're both going to agree on this one. Yeah, I'll let you finish, I, but I, I really I, – I think we're going to agree on this one. I think I think if we're going to walk into this, Tennessee's going to know that we're going to be somewhat one-dimensional. 
they're going to be focused on stopping the run. Uh, I there's not going to be much of a deep threat because of the simple fact that you know Paris is hurt, T.Y. is hurt, and there's not going to be a lot of time, as you said, to throw the football downfield. Um, I, I I don't like I as much as I want the Colts to defeat their division rival. I don't think they're going to do it this game. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I just think the Tennessee is coming off of just a, a huge win in overtime. And they were down 24 to nine at one point to start the half. And they were able to beat a really good football team that normally doesn't give up. When they're, they're leading, they're winning the game. And yeah. they did it in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, I'm I'm with you on that. I as far as a prediction, a score, I feel like this, even with a hobble, even if Carson Wentz does play, he's going to be hobbled. And all the things that you mentioned, whether it be Jacob Eason, I think the the what we do offensively dramatically changes when we haven't created a rhythm for ourselves this this season. And I think with that being an issue, with the O-line starting to come around. The Titans, I, I see the Titans having more pressure on either Jacob Eason or Carson Wentz uh, just to create more havoc and create more pressure at their feet and in their throwing lanes. With that being said, I think Tennessee wins this football game. I think it's, it, I think Derrick Henry, uh, they control the clock with Derrick Henry. I think he gets north of 20 carries, 20, 25 carries. Uh, I think uh, from a score standpoint, I would say somewhere like 24 to 10 standpoint, Tennessee Titans win this football game. Oh, you got a blowout in this game. And the scary mm-hmm. thing is, the scary thing is, is our defense, I feel like is going to be on the field a lot because I don't mm-hmm. think that our offense is going to be able to consistently move the sticks and keep the defense off the field to get rest. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to snowball, right? That, that'll that snowball and make the defense more and more tired throughout the throughout the game. Uh, which means the then Derrick Henry is going to be able to just get stronger and stronger and stronger as the game goes on. Uh, your your score prediction very close to mine. I think I, I'm going to give us an extra touchdown. I'm going to give us 17. I think we could prob- I think we'll score pretty good in the first mm-hmm. half, but the second half, I don't think our offense will be on the field very long. I think Tennessee will probably be controlling the clock a lot with Derrick Henry, and uh, I'm looking. Uh, like I said, Colts 17, 28, or yeah, we'll say 28, 17. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's, that's about right. Cause it, you know, Tennessee is, is it, they're, they're not the team you want to face right now. And defensively talking Colts defense. Wow. Uh, you know, when you're down Oh two in the season and the minute things go bad, whether you play offense, defense or special teams, if you're on the Colts, you immediately go back to the place where you are. Well, I lost the week before and the week prior to that. So it's a mindset that if this young team can can step out of, it will show a lot of maturity and a lot of growth from this unit, from this team, and a lot of resilience. However, the way Tennessee is built to run and ground, you know, their, with their running game and Derrick Henry, I think it'll be too much for the Colts. Yeah, I know I, there's going to be a lot of people hating on me because this is two weeks in a row that I've I've pretty much but said you're, you're the are going to lose. Yeah, Listen, yeah, you, you got to tell the truth, man. We you, you got to call it the way you see it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I got to do, and that's I'm I'm not here to blow smoke up anybody's butt, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. As much as much as a fan of <laughs> I I am of Indianapolis, I have to I have to look at it reasonably and 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 know the odds of us winning this game are looking more and more bleak as as time moves on because of the injuries you know that is just been piling on so yeah. i agree I well agree, hope, hopefully hopefully indianapolis will start to get a little bit more healthy uh as the weeks go on and we can start changing uh, at least me my outcomes of these games because I am tired of saying lose. Uh, (laughs) The the only people that really feel like they have a chance are the guys in that locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to have to believe it and they're going to have to do more than believe. They're going to have to go out there and prove it and show up when it counts the most period. Absolutely. Well, 
Thanks for spending this 50 minutes again with me this week. Hey, good luck or have fun, I should say, this weekend yes. in Cleveland. Uh, something special's happened with you. Won't you tell the guys, everybody, what's, uh, what your weekend consists of? Yeah, so the Cleveland Browns, I'm being uh, inducted to this year's class of Browns legends. Myself, Josh Cribbs, a guy named um, Webster Slaughter, and a guy named Bill Nelson. And so uh, it's going to be a huge weekend. We get to play some golf. There's an event. There's a dinner. Uh, I think we may actually get jackets, like uh, pretend Hall of Fame <laughs> vibe. So I'm looking forward to that. I get to bring my family out there. My, my son's never seen me play. He's only two. So it'll be good to uh, have him be in that environment. And it'll be, it, it should be good. And my buddy Josh Cribbs, he's uh, jumping on the podcast tomorrow. We're doing a live show tomorrow at 5 to talk about you know his him being an undrafted free agent to him being on the ballot the last two consecutive years for the hall of fame he's had that type of career so uh it's going to be fun uh tomorrow is going to be fun this weekend and uh i get to see some old old uh teammates of mine and, and hopefully cleveland come out with a victory <laughs> go check out that podcast live at five tomorrow uh, athletes unplugged Yes, right. at Athletes Unplugged. You can, the, the link will be in the bio. Uh, if you go follow us right now, it, it'll be a lot of fun. Please go check it out, Athletes Unplugged. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode of Believe in Colts. I uh, appreciate each and every one of you. And, man, I really hope you win. I don't expect it, but I'm hoping for it. Uh, <laughs> until next time. Yeah, I'm, they can pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And if they, if they can win, I'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That's Dequel Jackson. Go Colts. Go Colts. Have a good one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.